0: Hi, I'm Jackie, and this is Behind the Talent. In episode two of this series, we scratched the surface on how women are grossly underrepresented in the music industry. To remind you of the statistics, over 80% of artists are male and under 20% are female, and that's just on stage. In this episode, we hear from Nina Swint, who has been working in the music industry for almost four years now and has worn every hat you can think of. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I'm really excited to hear your perspective on the music industry. Where are you currently based and what area of the music industry
1: are you in now? I'm originally from Chicago. I live in New York now. I'm an agent assistant over at APA, Agency for the Performing Arts. Um, We work a lot with pop music, indie pop, pop rock, pop punk, a lot of SoundCloud rappers, a lot of not SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, we have some really cool artists. We book tours. That's what we do. Wow, that's so cool.
0: Well, first and foremost, I hope you are staying safe and healthy during this time in New York City. With your experience now at APA and in the past, how much of an understanding of the music industry would you say you have?
1: Oh, I think I have, like, a complete understanding of it. I've worked in anything from talent buying to agency world, PR. The only thing I don't have never had, like, work experience in is labels, um, but as an artist manager, handling all my artist contracts, label negotiations, talking with the lawyers... I feel like I've always really just been able to pick up what was going on.
0: I find it really compelling that you were able to use all of your experience to learn so much about the industry and be so confident in your knowledge. Who was the artist or band that really made you fall in love with music?
1: My favorite band of all time is Rise Against. I just remember I was maybe like 14. My older brother's two years older than me. We were driving in his car, I think, to school one morning and he was playing them, and they just kept coming on the playlist. I started hearing their songs on the radio. They were one of all of our friends' favorite bands, so I just kind of picked them up as my favorite band at 14, and it's stuck with me now for over 10 years. It's really cool that you say that because
0: not a lot of the time you come across many females who are very devoted and invested in the pop-punk scene. What about Rise Against really drew you to them and ultimately, turn them into your favorite band.
1: Oh man, um, I think it's just like their discography is so. I love everything they've ever put out, but it really struck me when I first listened to them just how aggressive and political they were, while at the same time bordering like pop, rock, and punk and being able to like write radio hits for the masses while also still staying true to their punk roots. the the morning will come soon i'll tell you stories of a better time in a place that we once knew i loved going to their live i mean i still love going to their live shows they've always been like a positive memory to me um they're also from like a neighboring town of mine um which has always been like a little bit of like hometown pride when it comes to them so yeah just always good and positive memories with them
0: it seems like pop punk had a really big influence on you in a young age and also may have translated into your career now. You also mentioned you work with a lot of pop and indie pop groups, so I'm curious to know your opinion more on the pop side. When you think of an artist like Shawn Mendes or Ed Sheeran, what defines them? I think about the radio. Wow, that's probably one of the first times I've ever heard someone say that. Do you think radio plays a huge part in pop music?
1: I think in any genre. The radio really defines, and like that's obviously changing now with Spotify um, and online streaming, but I still think like radio charts and the success on the radio overflows into the success you're going to see by streams and on Spotify. Obviously, that's not the first number people share anymore, um, but obviously there's going to be overlap, and the people who are playing the songs on the radio are going to take what's streaming the highest on Spotify and push it there.
0: And keeping the conversation on radio and playlisting. As someone who has experience as an artist manager, possibly getting their stuff on the radio or on digital streaming platform curated playlist, how important do you think it is to have a team that has someone who is pitching these playlists and getting the artists on the radio?
1: Well, I think Spotify playlisters and pitching to radio are two completely different tasks. And it kind of just has to all go along with the band's vision. If the band wants to be on the radio, obviously it's the artist manager's job to fulfill the band's desires and like make sure that they're doing everything possible to get the band the correct placements. But not every band wants to be a radio pop star. Not every band wants to be big on the radio, and country music, rap, whatever. So if being on the radio isn't important to the artist, is
0: Spotify pitching and Spotify playlisting and really any digital streaming platform playlisting Is that still up to the manager
1: to make that happen? I do think it is up to the managers, regardless if the band wants to be a radio band or not, to make sure that they are on the correct Spotify playlists, because that's how you hit any sort of algorithm. If you want to be on people's daily mixes, if you want to be on the what's new playlists, local playlists, any sort of playlist, and even individual curated playlists, getting you on your friends' playlists... All that's going to do is make sure you start reaching the number of streams to get onto larger Spotify playlists and start hitting everyone's rotation radar. But I think at this point, too, bands are happy with any sort of playlisting. in. Obviously, they want to be on as many of the Spotify-made playlists, as many of the Apple-made playlists as possible. But obviously, the band will be a niche market. But if you can fit on as many playlists as possible, why not? Definitely. I mean, it's... Way better to
0: shoot for the stars and land on the moon, as they say. When talking about radio, you touched on the fact that it's up to the band whether or not they really want to be on the radio and making those decisions for their career. How important do you think a healthy manager-to-client relationship is for the success of a career?
1: I always... I feel like the most successful band-to-manager relationship is a completely unique one. I see too many managers have this cookie-cutter mentality of how they interact with their bands, and that might be successful, and if they have a system that works, that's great, but the band has to know what they're signing up for. I've always felt like my role as a manager has always been very unique to my relationship with the bands. Whether that means I only communicate with one member of the band... Or whether I have weekly Zoom calls with the entire band. I know some bands I've handled 100% of something. Or another band, I just only have ever made suggestions. And I've only sent a few emails. And I've never actually had to really deep dive because the band was so self-motivated. And they were like cool with me being hands-off and just being like an extra set of ears. So back when you were managing, was it just... You and the band, or did you have
0: a whole other team around you behind the scenes?
1: When I finished artist management, I had four clients. Two of them were signed. One of them we had just gotten out of their label contract, and the other one was a complete DIY band. They had zero interest in ever signing to a label. But having the team was definitely helpful on me because there were times where I would have to work as the agent. There were times where I would have to work as... I don't even know. I mean, like, there'd be times where I do graphic design, too, and I'd be sitting there, and we'd have to make a graphic because the band was being premiered a song on the radio. And it'd be like, great, like, artist manager right now making a graphic because I had no other choice. And I think, like, obviously, if you can grow a team that's great and manage the team and make sure everyone's on the same page, that's awesome. But having the skills as a manager to wear as many hats as possible not a bad thing, but obviously I did not enjoy working as an agent booking DIY tours. But me and the bands were able to find some middle ground to work on that, or I was able to find a one time agent to work on that small run, or acting as like a pu- like a publicist on um, single releases and independent releases, because maybe my band got in a van accident and they had to spend all their money. On of new van so unfortunately our pr budget went to zero and i had to take over the entire release pr because that was what was in the best interest of my bands
0: yeah and it's definitely important for the manager to have an understanding of what all of those roles are if you were to go back to artist management do you think it's important to have a team around you would that be something you made sure was in place
1: Obviously, I would like to always have a team and be able to tell the publicist to do something and be able to tell the agent that we need a three-week tour to promote mm-hmm. the album and be able to talk to a tour manager to advance the tour. But obviously, that's not always feasible when you're working with developing bands. Yeah, so being able to do it was probably, or learning how to do it sometimes too, was probably my like best quality
0: as a manager, if I could say that about myself. Definitely. And I think having the ability to adapt teaches you skills that bring you forward in your career, whether you stay with what you were doing or you would do something else. Those skills transfer over so easily and you'll always be able to pull from that experience. It really only fuels you for the future. I'm curious to know, do you see those skills transferring over into your job now
1: at APA and working in agency? So when I was an artist manager, I was also a talent buyer. Um, I talent bought in chicago for three years i was always more of a talent buyer than a manager and i knew that and my bands knew that and they knew my strongest quality was good shows so when i transitioned when i got the call for the agency life i was like absolutely this is absolutely where i want to be is i felt like as an agent i was combining those two skills as a talent buyer And an artist manager, I was able to start working on the artist teams, booking tours and booking shows.
0: Wow. So with all of that experience working in talent buying and artist managing, did you find it easy to transfer over to what seemingly
1: was a different part of the industry? So it was a pretty seamless transition because I already knew deal notes. I knew a lot of the promoters already um, but I also knew how to handle client communication, talking to clients sometimes peop- it's crazy how much people don't know how to talk to a band. You have to learn how to talk to a band when they're angry, how to talk to a band when they're tweeting things that are out of pocket and being able to have those conversations was like a huge skill i was I already knew half our clients anyways my boss he picked me up um as his assistant, and I was already friends with I had been booking the bands that were on his roster. In my basement when I first started booking shows.
0: Wow, such a full circle moment. Did it help make that transition just that much easier?
1: It was almost seamless in transition. It sucked when I had to tell my management clients that I was stepping away from managing, but it definitely was the right choice for my own career.
0: I think that's a great piece of advice for anyone just entering the industry. You don't have to end up in the same place that you started and In the beginning, it's all about the experience and trying different areas of the industry, figuring out where your skills are, and understanding where your passion lies. I want to thank Nina so much for coming on this episode of the podcast. Next episode, we have Carolina, an independent artist who truly knows what it means to do it all. We talk about what it's like to build your own team from scratch and if she measures success of an artist by quality of music or quantity of streams. I'm Jackie, and thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Talent.